last time on Join the Party. Dr. Morrow has finished analyzing the truffles and is ready to share. She thinks this fun guy grew in the wake of the diaphragm discovery. They absorbed the Delta radiation floating around, which was the same radiation that gave the original Lake Town residents their level up and the LT3, eventually, their powers. So, if someone eats a truffle, it will give them a massive boost. For normal folks, it will just kind of improve their best quality, but for powered individuals, this is a super charge. Dr. Morrow also revealed that she captured Bone's body and his crew in her pantry. If that was helpful to anybody. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. Aggie still isn't sure what's going on with Danny. Milo asked Dr. Morrow if she fucked his dad, and Val got attacked by Gutenberg, who is Brett the camera guy the entire time. Let's untangle and then retangle in the entanglements. Let's get the party started. This is going to be a little bit different of an entanglement. This is like a early spring to late spring entanglements. Ooh. So it's like you're changing the theme song of an anime, <laughs> which mm-hmm. changes like once a season. So this is like in the middle. And now we're going to like a cherry blossoms themed. It's like we're going from winter fully into spring. We're going from like in like a lion out like a lamb fully. And we're going to montage through some spring scenes. And then there's that one line that is inexplicably in English that's like, rock and roll! And then a bunch of Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss, kiss, fall in love. (laughs) Yeah, and then just like lots of cherry blossoms like go by as we take a a panning shot of the three of you in January uh, looking out over a sunset. (laughs) All of you are wearing short sleeves. Milo's fully back into his cargo shorts. It's perfect. Oh, hell yeah. I thought he refuses to wear shorts. I thought that was. Oh, yeah, you're right. His light cargo Uh, pants. Yeah. He's got like six pocket pants or whatever. Hell yeah. So earlier, Milo pushed into Dr. Morrow's lab uh, after everyone left. Uh, Milo, you turned on the quote unquote unhackable, (laughs) the quote unquote unhackable burner phones. Why are you putting quotes around it? Oh, no reason. Uh, and then, Brandon, you came in with, did you fuck my dad? Great, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's right. Incredible, thank Brandon you so much. Brandon gets the single fuck for that episode, not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's our PG-13 rating, is Milo coming in and saying, did you fuck my dad? <laughs> Actually, I think your one fuck in PG-13 cannot be sexual a sexual fuck. That's right. So we're, yeah. we're firmly in the R territory now, baby. Mm, hell yeah. There was a writer who came in from the 1920s Borscht Belt and was like, oh, what if you say schnup? Did you schnup my father? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Solved all of our problems. That was a real, like, the beam where, like, one of your hands is giving your other hand a handshake. That was <laughs> that, was that joke. I'm so self-conscious now. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> well, Sorry. here, why don't I make a bad joke? And no, then... no, I feel great. I'm still juiced. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm really juiced okay. from recording earlier, so I'm just I was dealing gonna with say, it. a non-sexual fuck sounds like college. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No, see oh. that was good. Oh, that dear. was very good. Oh, okay. Oh man. Wonderful. Okay, so Dr. Mara had her mouth her mouth was open for a second and then she closed it and like thought about it for a moment 
and smirked to herself, thinking, well, this was bound to happen, I guess. And then she said, okay, I can answer some questions, but I want to make sure it's secure. And she typed some things in, and then the Faraday cage lowered, and then the conversation sputtered out on the phone. She says, whew, you know, if, if I'm going to... Uh, reveal to someone who I work with about my sexual conquests. I uh, want to make sure that there is no communicate. No one is listening in. You know what I mean? It would just be embarrassing and then it would get leaked and then I would have to go on upstate New York TMZ. I'm sure that they have region. I haven't been keeping up, but I'm sure they have regional offices everywhere. So, uh, okay. I under I also shouldn't have said sexual conquest in front of you. I was gonna ask. Did you just say my dad was a conquest? <sighs> no, no, no. I shouldn't have said that. I said that because that was a funny thing for our podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Milo looks at the camera. Oh, no. <laughs> Milo makes a gym face. Milo, I owe you answers, and I understand it's complicated because. One of the first things you said to me was, I read all of your biographies, even the graphic novel. So I want to be straight with you as Cassandra, the person, and not Dr. Morrow, the heroic, amazing, life-changing scientist. (laughs) You forgot visionary. Mm. I think that would be a little gauche to call myself a visionary, but thank you. I appreciate it. Um, True. Listen, I'm joking. I talk too much when I'm nervous. Milo, please ask me truly whatever questions you'd like. Um, well, one, one question was what's why, why, why not? Why do dad and not tell? Um, probably this conversation, honestly, this situation, (laughs) <laughs> I I wasn't ready to be like, hey, I know that you, you just signed on to my uh, superhero initiative, but also I dated your dad on and off for years in the in 80s and 90s. Like, I don't think that was a way to start a conversation. I wasn't, uh, you know, um, but yes, that's what your father and I, uh, we were, oh man, I was not, paramours. I guess on and off for throughout for a little while there. He's smart and kind and very fun to oh, be. Don't get me wrong, I know why you dated my dad. He's yeah. he's, he's a he's a catch. He's the he's the best. I I would uh in the beginning I wanted to be on stakeouts with him just because he was the best at it, but then it was like, "Oh, oh no. Oops. Whoops." <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a couple more questions. Sure, sure. One, have you, like, been following me since I was adopted? Or is this just a coincidence? Uh, I I mean this not to sound glib, but in the way that being a Facebook friends with someone who you dated at some point you know their life and look at it when maybe it's 1 a.m. and you drank a bunch of G&Ts and sometimes you're like, what happened to that guy? So, yes, but in the regular way that it's, <laughs> we're all kind of following each other in the 21st century. <laughs> to, be, I'm be, to be honest, I, I think you understand. Um, yeah, I get it. 
So I did, yes, the answer is yes. I did know of you for a, for a while. I knew that Hank had adopted, uh, which I always thought I, I thought was wonderful. And I, I saw when he posted things and when and he posts quite a lot. So I do know. I know. I, I've been talking you. to him about it. It's too much. Yeah. But for someone who works in cyber crimes to some extent, uh, he just sure does post a lot of photos on fa- on the Facebook. Yeah, he forgets to like wipe the location details as well. He's, I look. I'm not his boss, but uh, mm. Mm. if I were, you know. Yeah. Good thing he's so good at what he does. No one will ever call him. Oh, yes, on, yeah. if... uh, speaking of that, what's the deal? Uh, do do uh, do you work for the government? Like what's or like? Uh, I mean, I know you work for the government, but like, uh, what what's the what's the what's the deal here? What's what's with all the secrecy and uh, not telling me stuff? Which government are you talking about? City, state, federal, galactic? I was joking. That last one was a joke. What? Hey, I'm nervous. Doc, hold on. Pause. What was it a joke though? Brandon, make an inside roll. <laughs> <laughs> Eight plus nine for 17. Man, Milo wants to believe really badly, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, no, my uh, Dr. Morrow was joking. She talks with, she's nervous. But, you know, even if we saw something that might be a UFO, would we even know what it was? That's a good point. Solid mm. point. I love that chapter in your in your book. Thank, thank you. If we looked in the sky and saw a UFO, would we know what it is even? It was a really important forward to add after 2005. Okay, I have two real questions to ask you, and then and then we can get out of this weird cage. Okay, thank you. It's not, I, you know a Faraday cage isn't a real cage. It's a metaphorical cage. It's not a metaphor. It's a it's a literal. Like it it does do things. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm in a cage of my emotions. I guess hey, it is it's a, a cage. cage you can't see. It is a cage when you think about it, yes. If you think about it, man, we can't always see our cages, but they're there. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you hard, ready for the hard questions? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What else have you lied to me about? What aren't you telling us? And do am I going to be able to trust you? That's all one question, by the way. Okay, um, I, I want to answer the last part first. Yes, of course you can trust me. Uh, I can't tell you everything to make sure that you're good at doing your jobs. My job is to filter all of that stuff out and only tell you what you need to know. Not in a keeping things from you way, but to not overburden you with the uh mundane terror of living in this year i'm not keeping anything from you uh are you talking about the thornhill thing what thornhill thing oh uh, um there was a while there where i was i i wasn't may i i had to step back from my mayoral duties kind of in the in the early in the late 2000s um, just because I wanted to do something else, I didn't want to be mayor for a second, and I worked with them for a little while. And they, uh, you know, you can see if you see me going to a coffee shop, they gave me one of those uh, key cards or a, a permanent. It always has fifteen dollars on it from Thornhill <laughs> Coffee. Um, oh, and they always let me go in the bathroom whenever I want because I'm a gold, platinum superstar bean you grind user. 
I could, I can't remember all of those in a row, but that's yeah. I did I did some work from them, and the, I, if you found out about that, I you know, uh, at the time there was a lot of things to, to you sell out to companies, but I think feel like in the the con- uh, we've kind of changed in what it means to sell out. Sometimes you gotta do that grind. No pun intended for the coffee. Was that what you were talking about? I I was just asking generally, uh, but that must be really cool that you have a, a card that um, I wish I had one of those. Brandon, do you want to do, do you, are you satisfied with this answer or do you want to do an insight check? Like, is that a secret or is that like the secret she says to cover up the other secret? Right. So I'll let you roll with disadvantage uh, with an insight if you'd like, or you can just move on. I do want to roll. Yeah, sure. I think that if you're trying to, this is a real interesting role because it's, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm going to have to give you disadvantage on this insight. But I think that if you get over a 15 I think that you can see whether or not this is, like, the secret that she does over the secret. But then again, you don't have to act on it. You, this can just be like, oh, I know she's lying to me. Right. Okay, here we go. I mean, that is a really interesting, like, just small factoid that we would know whether or not she was mayor or not mayor mm-hmm. for a period of time. And yeah. if she were true Thornhill, I guess we would maybe know that. I will say that is true. Maybe I'm retconning my own self, but like maybe she did take a little bit away from uh, public servant life to just like get a little bit of cash, like entirely possible. In my mind, it's like, is she dangling a little appetizer secret and making us think it's the main meal? Exactly. Well, unfortunately, we won't ever know because I got a 12 (laughs) and a 2. So 2 plus 9 is 11. Oh, bud. Mm. Yeah, I think that, yeah, you're relieved that you didn't have to press Dr. Morrow more, and you take that secret. All right. Um, I'm going to get out of your hair, but uh, one last thing. Mm. Milo takes out his phone, the regular one that is hackable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Almost comes pre-hacked, even. <laughs> Look, I want to, and I do trust you. Um, I get why you and my dad wouldn't, want to share your uh, your romantic life with their with a, his child a little weird fair um, yeah absolutely but I do need you to be honest with me about this and Milo shows her the photo of the coffin pod thing tech pod from the museum right. that he nice uncovered there was a dead guy in here and uh, he said that uh, he was working on something with you. And he was he got killed in this, and uh, that's I don't want that to happen to me or you know Aggie or Val. Doctor Morrow takes your phone and holds her face very still for like a few moments, and then takes a big deep breath in and says, "When you're working on something dangerous like this." Have you ever seen the fly from Wigan? <laughs> Did you see the fly with the the beautiful man from Jurassic Park? Jeffrey Goldblum? Yeah, Jeff Gold, Jeffrey Goldblum. I intentionally asked them to make it like this so it might look a little less scary. When you mean bu- when dead guy was there a body in there or was what do you i'm talking to someone like you what did you mean oh i mean i met you know his eternal existence in ghost form 
Uh, mm. And yeah, I, I don't think anyone else at the museum saw, but there definitely was a uh, a skeleton in there. Oh my god! I guess I asked them to take care to take it away so fast. We, I didn't know there was anything. Um, his name was uh, Nate Nemitz. He'd been working for us for a few years in our research department. He loved Pokemon. Who doesn't? Uh, he loved it so much. I never understood it. And I always thought it was interesting that he was working on what we were working on with Pokemon. I regret what happened to him every day. And I'm glad you were able to talk to him one more time. If you're able to, I don't... Uh, I wish you could tell him I'm sorry. Uh, he seemed okay. So if that, you know, calms you a little bit, great. Yeah. But um, did you tell OSHA or, like, anyone? Yeah. Was there some contractual reason you didn't have to report it? it no, it was, it was reported. It was, in a way, when you're working on a secret clearance project, you tell the people you need to tell. And that's it. Um, he got, we were running a test and he got trapped inside in a way that I did not know whether or not would. It's what, it's just what happened. And was this with the office? Was this with another organization or was it just you? Um, yeah. I, I, she's conflicted in what she wants to say to you. Like, the, the actual answer is too long and complicated to say. So she says, it was, it was all of our problems. It was all of our fault. It was an accident. People were, as we've said today, the Delta radiation might seem like a panacea for all of our problems of the of working with the environment and energy, but it's still dangerous. It's still radiation. Uh, it was dangerous, but in a way that science is always dangerous and you take the precautions. He was stuck inside when we ran a test and it, he, he didn't come out. Um, I do feel bad if you want me to, if that's what you want me to say, of course I do. No, you don't have I, to listen. You don't have to like confess to me. I'm not, I'm not, con I'm not confessing. It's, it's something I think about every day. Um, I guess what I'm getting at is, is my dad involved with that? It's, it's complicated. Possibly somehow I, if if you're asking me whether or about he knew what we were that we were running dangerous experiments, the answer is yes. Did he sign off on, on them and tell me to go do them? No. Uh, we thought that by exposing things other than humans to delta radiation, they could be better like we had started seeing with the folk of Laketon and although that seemed unsuccessful at the time and it was too dangerous and after what happened to Nate we stopped working on it
I'm sorry you saw this. I know you deserve an explanation. I, I have one. That's that's it. Um, and it's. I haven't seen that in quite a long time, and sometimes, I don't. Uh, it's science is all about moving forward. You take bad experiments and you take wrong hypotheses and you throw it out in favor of new ones. And I don't look backwards um, enough, I guess. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I hear you. Um, it must be difficult to, to live with that. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe work on mice first, you know? He's, uh, honestly, we... Uh, we were working on something smaller. But he got trapped, and we stopped. What? <laughs> Do you want to exp- expound upon that, or...? Oh, um, you know... For a lab in Lake Town City, might as well work on mountain lobsters. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Um, I would ask that in the future you give us all the available information that you can and let us decide how we want to react to it. I understand. Some Listen, I don't know what you know, and I have forgotten more than some people learn in a lifetime, so... And I don't say that aggrandizingly. I'm saying that it's the the where the world that I live in. So um, I'll tell you everything. But what we're all doing—you, me, you, Val, Aggie, Des, January, your father—it's all dangerous. And I told you that from the beginning. But we do it because we want it to be better. Yep. So I agree. Okay. But don't put Des in danger. Sometimes it's not my choice. (laughs) As Milo walks away, he takes out his phone and texts his dad and says, we should have dinner again soon. And then reaches in his pocket and hangs up the unhackable, untraceable, perfect flip phone. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, let's go to Aggie. The the cherry blossoms uh, flutter across screen as uh, Milo is standing in front of Dr. Morrow's house. Where? What are you doing? Where are you going? I think Aggie tries as much as possible to stick to her routine to, you know, go about her daily life, to check in on her neighbors, to do the thing that she was doing for years before this all became <laughs> gestures to just everything became part of her life. But about day four, she woke up one morning said fuck it, and then got on the high-speed train to New York. (gasps) I can only imagine Aggie loves trains. 
Aggie fucking <laughs> loves trains. She has not taken this one to New York very often, so she is kind of like looking around wide-eyed with excitement, like nose pressed against the glass, and then she rubs it off with her sleeve so that no one has to clean it after her. <laughs> I think that you're you're whizzing by. You are now past Albany. You are now in Hudson Valley. You are like an hour outside. Maybe you pass Golden's Bridge, where uh, your lovely dungeon master grew up <laughs> oh, in wow. his formative years, and you are going. You're like 45 minutes outside of Grand Central, and you get a text uh, from Danny. And Danny says, Oh, Guggenheim, so boring. Finally done. Duh, where do you want to meet? Let's meet at that 24-hour place down by the the, the show with brooms. Hmm? What? The... The, the Danny texts you, what? Question mark, question mark? <laughs> I get to some Googling and then writes back, Veselka by Stomp. Oh. Mm. You old... <laughs> <laughs> the ads are everywhere. Wonderful. All right, you are heading down. You are in Grand Central. You take the subway to Union Square. You are walking down to Veselka, down 2nd Avenue. It is uh, early spring in New York City. It's like a balmy 55. People are wearing just denim jackets out uh, and boots. It is, I, I can say it's like the weekend. So it's a little busy, but if you're there like two and three, it's like just the traffic of people going forward. And you, it is busier than Lake Town City in it that is. way. Yeah, it's like it's so strange how being in one city and another city they do feel so different. Uh, you've done this a few times, so you can see when things change in New York City. Um, and I'll feel like 12th Street and 2nd Avenue, which you're on the corner that you're passing as you're going down to Veselka. See, there's a new Italian place that op- opened up, and there is some street side dining. Uh, make a perception check for me. Oh, boy. A 21. Great. With a 21, you see that someone got a, like, pasta dish with uh, sausage and and early spring veggies, and there may be some tubers in there. And you see that the waiter is leaning over the pasta and has something in his hand, and he's going to grate it over the pasta. I grab it out of his hand. You just reach over and grab it out of his hand? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, make a dexterity roll for me. A 17. 17. Okay, you're going to grab it. I'm going to roll a d20 right here. And I'm going to roll on whether or not the thing you're grabbing is a truffle or a magic truffle. (laughs) Do it, man. All right. Fuck me up. High 50%, magic truffle, low 50%. Not magic truffle. Regular. Oh my God, that's an 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. You grab it and you take it from this like 23 year old guy who's working Saturday at 2.30. It's like, uh, excuse me? I need that. Uh, a pigeon pooped on it. You didn't see? Embarrassing. <laughs> and then I just keep what? walking. No, ma'am, excuse me. I'm just going to attempt to like disappear in the crowd. Yeah, make a stealth roll. A non-natural 20. Oh, dirty 20. Okay, with a 20, Damn. yeah. If only someone else could pick up these Chad dice from jointhepartypod.com slash merch, <laughs> you too will roll well. With a dirty 20, the waiter needs to go back into the restaurant and then come out the actual front door, and no one is stopping him because it's a truffle. I, like, put my hair up and take my jacket off to look different, Jason Bourne style. Yeah, and you disappear into the crowd. Um, you take a look at it, and this looks like the truffle that Dr. Morrow had. It's a little bit smaller. It's obviously been shaved. So maybe there's like half here. But now inside you see that the um, it is this like deep, deep midnight blue with like maybe a little like like stars in the sky almost. 
Aggie stares at the truffle in her hand and then closes her hand around it. Looks around for sort of somewhere to put it. Like, this is not something you just put in your pocket. Like, would you, like, you wouldn't put like a diamond or a radioactive thing in your pocket. Mm. So she looks around and seeing someone taking their dog out, walks over and is like, oh, hey, can I um, just, and then like gestures to the bags. Uh, yeah, sure. Do you want one of my dog poop bags? <laughs> Aggie opens her hand slightly to make it look like her hand is full of poop. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh, I just <laughs> It's so gross. I hate this. I hate this on the floor and I hate it in your hand. Let me give you a back. Yeah. Oh, New York. So uh, I just puts the truffle in the bag, puts that in her inner jacket pocket, zips the pocket up. Around you, you hear like people talking like, hey, did some woman just steal a truffle from an Italian restaurant? <laughs> Only in New York, baby. <laughs> I can make sure her hair is, is different, keeps the jacket off and keeps walking. I think that you you can power walk down to Veselka, uh, and Danny is sitting um, in one of the, one of the tables in the back. There, it is definitely busy as Veselka is always busy. But it is this like bustling Ukrainian diner? You can get anything from both Eastern Europe and traditional American fare there. Mm-hmm. It is delicious. You got to get the stuffed cabbage. I miss it so so much. Oh, sorry, Danny's not sitting because you need your whole party because that, this is how much I forgot about restaurants. <laughs> He's uh, standing da- there with like disapproving Ukrainian ladies staring at him. Like, where is the rest of your party, It's like, I, my party, she's coming right now. She's coming right now. If you need the entire party. I'm so, and she's going to be here in, like, five seconds. I'm telling you. I, like, cross the front of the restaurant in, like, two leaps. And I'm like, Danny, be nice. Please, hi. Thank you very much. We're ready. Oh, now that your party is here. There we go. And you're led to a table in the back, which is, like, very much wedged right into the back. And uh, you have, like, two inches of space. Uh, and she sli- the waitress slides to a menu to and says, we have borscht, but do you know that? And she goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I look up and I look at Danny. How, how does he seem? Danny seems good. If he's in New York, he's doing business things. So he obviously came from the Guggenheim. As he said, ugh, the Guggenheim, it's so spirally. Why don't they get stairs? <laughs> wow. <bold. laughs> so he's dressed very sharp. This is like his artist outfit, like very expensive black jeans um, and like a leather jacket and a nice button up underneath. No tie, open collar. He's both casual, but he's also like, I, uh, I'm a professional. He's like in a professional setting, but it's a power move to not have a tie. Yeah, exactly. And like as soon as he comes over, he's like, oh, my, I can't believe my shirt's still tucked in. And he like pulls it out <laughs> before he uh, sits down. Uh, yeah, thank you for, for coming to see me. How's, um, how's business stuff? Is this like a, a silly business annoying trip or do you get to do some interesting things? Oh, you know, always silly business annoying trip. Um, but, you know, I got to bring back. I'm really looking for new. Sorry, I, I can't sit here and listen. I'm I, sorry. Oh, OK. I was going to say some charming things about tourism things I was going to do. But all right, let's. OK, uh, fine. You, you have waived the right to small talk when you sold a painting to the mob. So um, how uh where did you think that painting was going, Hobbit? All right, yeah, let's just say that out loud. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. I am not going to enjoy my borscht with just this atmosphere of secrets and tension, so. Uh, okay. Um, my reasoning and phrasing it that way is I want to know if there's more than one. I want to know if he knows what I'm talking about. Uh, make an insight check. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oops, what's that? What's that nice drawing on this Join the Party Pod branded <laughs> die? Is it our logo for a nat 20? It is. Incredible. I think you say that, 
and Danny is flummoxed, and he's like, uh, 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 okay, and then he takes, like, a big breath, and then he just, like, starts crying. Oh, no. <laughs> <Just> tears. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, I can't deal, I just can't deal with this. It's, I didn't know about it at the time, and I just thought it was, like, a bunch of Italian people, like, wanted, like, a thing to do it, and I don't like it when the person, when you yell at me, it's not and there's like a crash of like someone dropping a bunch of soup <laughs> over there and like people eating. He's like, I don't like it when you okay, okay. you can't if you get to tell me and you're so mad at me and I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I, I put my hand on Danny's hand and I look in his eyes and I'm like, deep breath in, deep breath out, which we have done before. Okay, deep breath out. Okay, okay, Danny. All right, deep breath in, deep breath in. Don't yell at I don't like it when you yell at me. Okay. You're a grown man and a father. I understand that. <laughs> and it's fine for me to cry when That's things true. that are triggering happen to me. Fuck. Okay, okay. In and out, Danny. In and out. Uh, the waitress brings over uh, two borscht, and she, which you didn't even order. No. And Danny just, like, drinks one fully. I slide my second one to him. So he's trying to eat borscht while also tears. Like, tears are getting in his very cropped beard now. Haven't we all been there at Vasalka's yeah. at 2 a.m. crying into our borscht? Haven't we yeah. all? It doesn't matter what two. It could be 2 a.m. or 2 p.m., but you yeah. will be crying into your borscht. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, he's he didn't like that his big sister just, just yelled at him and you cracked him. Yeah. So why don't you tell me from the beginning how this happened and we'll make sure that nothing like this happens or happened again. Okay, with your with your um your nat twenty insight, I'm gonna say this like as your DM to notes because Danny is currently crying and also eating borscht at the same time. Yeah, Danny explains a lot of things. He says that it's not by commission. Danny doesn't necessarily control when he paints, and it can requires like intense focus. Here's the the comp that I was thinking of, Eric, the DM. You know, in Heroes, there is the person who painted the future. And, like, it just happened to them. Yeah. And, like, it's not that kind of, like, oh, he's going to foretell the... Uh, it, it's not that, like, he goes black behind the eyes. But, like, in the way that art, although it is a, a participatory thing, where it's, like, you need... It's a muscle and you need to practice with it. To him, in divine inspiration really does touch him and it is very complicated. Which is why he was on a roof when you called him the first time and he was like, I'm fucked. That's why that's why he was mad at you when he was on the phone. He was in the middle of like a, a visit from his muse or right. whatever. And then he had to scrap the whole thing. He doesn't do things like commission. He just kind of did it. But it is put up that people, if it doesn't go in a gallery, like people have to buy paintings. That's how jobs work. And like, although he has all these fellowships, he does need to sell paintings in order for him to do his job. So he's like, oh, hey, this was about Lake Town City and like, Italian, uh, there were some uh, Italian groceries and stuff. Like, who who would like this? And he has, like, a broker who sells paintings for him to people who he thinks might actually do it. So he didn't know about it. But then he found out that that's what happened, and he felt so bad. He's like, well, how am I supposed to tell my kids that the mob bought one of my paintings? Like, who, if someone found out? What if someone found out if they wrote it up? Like, that would be so bad for everyone. So bad. They're still learning their colors, so I think you do have some time um, on that one. Oh, they know so <laughs> many things. They're so smart. I I have no doubt. Are they? No, Aggie. And he grabs your hand and looks at you and mm. says, no, they're so smart. Oh, no. Again? Even more so. Oh, uh, no. 
I know we've never really talked about this, Danny, and I kind of made some assumptions based on where she grew up, but what what's Monique, her situation? All oh about? no, she's from Chicago. She has no. <laughs> oh. No, they don't. They don't no. talk about diaphragm. No, no. No, they, no. Interesting. But um, here's the, the thing, and Danny like really screws up his courage there for the second. He says, um, "So you know, what would you say my power is?" Is this a trick question? No, it's not. And if you're going to start with the hiccups and the borscht, it's just you have a white shirt on and I'm a little bit nervous. Yeah, it's all splattered with borscht. This is what a nat 20 insight does. It ruins you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'm serious. What would you think that my power, what do you think my power is? Okay, I would probably summarize it as uh, uh, emotional influence through your painting. Right. So... That's true, but it's more like I paint the future. What? What? <laughs> so the thing about the future is it has it's like a, a whirlpool. As much as you try to paddle against the whirlpool, eventually it will suck you in. So there is an inevitability to the future. The, it's what is actually what will or could or might happen and that inevitability, whether it is going to happen or not, this is like a snapshot of the future. I cannot say whether or not it will. It does happen explicitly like that. And like this isn't a Dorian Gray situation where it changes. But like, uh, yeah, yeah. So like, you remember that painting, that a painting of, of Central Park in the winter, with the people, with the people there, and yeah. they were like that couple that got engaged in the back, but they just seemed like two figures. Yeah, that couple got engaged. Like uh, six six months later, I met them. They're so they're so nice. They have three <laughs> dogs. Wow. Yeah. Who who held the dogs when they when he proposed? Oh, the dogs weren't there yet. They happened eventually. The dogs were not oh. in the painting. I you go only get like this is I I don't Edward I don't Edward Hopper. Um, intentionally, it's just I get it's the sketches of the 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 shades of the of what is and to come and who they are. Well, that is why. I mean, I didn't want to think that you willingly did work for the mob, but in seeing Little Italy, so okay, that's not what the white thread is for, Daniel. Please, you have a napkin. I know it was. Oh, one has it has borscht on it. <laughs> Don't yell at me. I'm so vulnerable. No, I, I listen, I, much of me wants to razz you. Some of me is still mad, but I am mostly right now relieved that you didn't do this knowingly for the mob. No! Seeing, seeing little Italy no. refurbished and all like evolves like that. How, why and how would you possibly paint that? Except that, I guess that's why. I, Yeah. Okay, um, here's what we're gonna do. I need the name of your broker. Okay. I need you to tell them to cooperate with me. Okay. Um, and that I'm your big sister and they need to do anything they can to keep me happy. Okay. I think you can really just channel this feeling into your performance and say, I'm scared, my big sister needs no, to don't talk to stop. you. No, don't, stop, no, stop. Okay. Don't, you don't, I get it. Monique's gonna be so mad at me. 
for telling me or because of you haven't told her no one can know no one can know have you so told bad. anybody no i am not any, i am not any of other sim leagues you don't have to tell me that <laughs> daniel it is uh it's sometimes hard to remember that margaret shut up okay we are going to continue not talking about this i'm going to do some research on the ground and if you see any um very charismatic italians in your presence not like on television oh you mean val um <laughs> right here val's right there or you paint anything near or of lake town city i need to know about it yeah absolutely oh, and don't let anybody give you truffles man don't don't fuck with those things not even no what if you see a mushroom that's purple and shiny don't fuck with it okay don't let your kids fuck with it do they eat mushrooms is that on like the list of foods that kids can eat now there's no wildlife in chicago no but like <laughs> dried or or baby food ground up power smoothies some stuff like that no is this what is this like a new is this like a new foodie kick have you been listening to podcasts again I sure hope it doesn't become a trend. I am working really hard to make sure it doesn't. I am uh, helping Lake Town City stay safe, and I learned about stuff that could be a threat to people. So I'm just giving you the tip. Didn't think my niece and nephew could get cuter uh, or more terrifying, and yet they have. And um, I'm going to talk to your broker next and try to figure out, I don't know, how to stop this from happening again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I need, like, a bunch of meat right now. Yes. And then we signal for, like, yeah. a double 12 plate of yeah. pierogi. Two meat plates, deluxe meat plates, double sausage, please. Mm. And, yeah, you guys tuck into um, your big meat plate. And uh, Danny is, is very nice. He's being very nice to you for the rest of the day. And then you see the cherry blossoms, which don't <laughs> fall <laughs> in New York City. Fall. Hey, it's Amanda. This uh, lovely mid-roll break is brought to you by the mug of very strong tea that I am drinking at the moment, but more importantly, by electric kettles. And folks who live outside the U.S., you may be surprised to learn that in America, we don't really have electric kettles. Americans, you may not know that electric kettles are amazing. They boil water so fast. It is good for when you want to make pasta and give the water a jump start or when you want to make tea and have your water at the right temperature and not like slop it out of a hot kettle from the stove. They're so good. I'm so glad they're in my life. And every time I use it, I'm like, oh, man, what a good appliance. So that is the energy that I want you to start this mineral with. Welcome. First and foremost, we would like to thank and welcome the several beautiful people who joined our Patreon in the last two weeks. Maurice, Anna, Michelle, Monica, not Bravo Delta, Inara, Trey, Amy, Bon James, Gemma, Teresa, Charlotte, Scott, and Jody. And special thanks to Paul, Michelle, and Laura who upped their pledges. We're so grateful to each of you who make it a priority every month to support creators that you like, not just us, but whoever you support. We couldn't keep making the show without your support on Patreon. So thank you. Thank you. 
If you would like to join our Patreon family and check out bonus content like NPC playlists, which Eric has started making, I'm very excited to see uh, January's. I cannot wait. You can get things like that, our Discord, all the stuff that's been there for four years of our Patreon from campaigns one and two. So if you're able, please do join us for as little as five bucks at patreon.com slash join the party pod. We are sponsored this week by Skillshare. There is nothing better than getting better, than learning something, than watching soothing videos of other people who are good at what they do, doing that thing. And accomplishing growth is very satisfying. So online classes from Skillshare are what can make that possible for you. Learn about illustration, design, photography, productivity, and other fun and relaxing hobbies that you can try or things to help you at work. With Skillshare's short classes, you can move your creative journey forward without putting your life on hold. I also made a class for Skillshare about podcast marketing. So if you're curious how to find an audience for your online project, not just a podcast, check that out. No matter what you want to learn, you can explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash join the party, where join the party listeners get a free trial of premium membership. That's two weeks free at Skillshare.com slash join the party. We are also sponsored by BetterHelp, a secure online counseling service. I sprinkled a ring of salt around the studio this morning, so don't think we'll have any uh, unplanned visitors. But what I do want to tell you is that BetterHelp connects you with licensed counselors through their secure app. Don't need a salt circle. It's already secure. Letting you message with your therapist and schedule live phone or video sessions. You can also message your counselor in between sessions. If you're worrying about something, think of something you want to cover in your next call. My therapist gave me a worksheet recently that I got to fill out in BetterHelp, just in the app right there. And then I got to like save the draft, go back to it later, and then send it to her before our next session, which was amazing. BetterHelp is also more affordable than traditional counseling. No bones required. And they have financial aid available. Once more... This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Join the Party listeners get 10% off your first month of counseling at BetterHelp.com slash join the party. BetterHelp.com slash join the party for 10% off your first month. Don't disturb the salt circle, okay? And finally, we're sponsored by Encyclopedia Womanica, a podcast from Wonder Media Network. They profile groundbreaking women from antiquity to today who have shaped our society. This Women's History Month, host Jenny Kaplan dives into the trials, tragedies, and triumphs of different women leaders. The bite-sized episodes are like daily adventures as you learn a little more about notable women through time. You may or may not already know these figures, but you definitely should. So subscribe to Encyclopedia Womanica wherever you get your podcasts. That's Encyclopedia, W-O-A-M-A-N. N-I-C-A. And now, back to the show. Let's check out our good friend Val. Eric, I had an idea. How do you feel about a uh, Little Italy festival, kind of similar to the uh, San Gennaro festival, but the Lake Town City version? Oh, the San Gennaro Feast! Yeah, the San Gennaro Feast, though, is in September, but in Lake Town City, I think they celebrate the Feast of San Marco. Oh, what's that about? So it's just like a like kind of weird Thanksgiving thing in Sardinia. It's particularly celebrated as like a Thanksgiving thing. All the shepherds like have lamb to like kind of welcome in the season. And in Venice, it is a celebration where if you're like into someone or you're in love with someone, you give them a single red rosebud. Adorable. But I imagine it's just like big festival energy, much like the uh, Feast of San Gennaro. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that um, Hitomi 
got you like a bunch of roses and also like a lamb burger. It's like, I don't know, what? <laughs> is this it? This is incredibly <laughs> sweet. I love this so much. Thank you. Yeah, I love this. I think, you know, it's that night. This is real street fair energy. There's like booths and 10 blocks in a row are blocked off. Um, and there's like carnival games and like you can buy arancini and sausage like you know, like at five places every few blocks. Also, all the restaurants have their their doors open. There are people milling about. Um, there's like hot and candy and stuff. There's kids running around and people trying to keep up. It's like super packed. I think this is also uh, a way just to reinvigorate the area because people are are out spending money on food and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So you might walk by Dom's and they have just a bunch of the uh, Jamokes uh, who are working there, like making slices of pizza and they're messing it up. So we talked about something that, that Val was very interested in doing. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. So I think Val, ever since all of the Aunt Min stuff, the threatening of my mother and all of that, um, has been very mad. Just, just very, very mad. Why would that be? I don't understand. That's the secret. Val's always mad. <laughs> Val is always mad, and there's always that, like, low level of rage kind of simmering under the surface. But lately, it's been, like, much closer to the surface, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And Val's pissed at the mob. Val's pissed that their neighborhood is being impacted by the mob. And Val is pissed that people think that the mob is the only thing that they can go to in order to feel protected and safe. Sure. So my plan was, as like the festival is at its peak, be like, oh, Hitomi, go grab us a table at uh, that other, I don't know, the Il Popo. uh, And I'll be right back. I want to pick up something for my mom for later. And then Superman change into the Volcani gear. I love that. All of the porta potties in Lake Town City, by the way, all gender. And they're all (laughs) not bad. They all smell fine. They're clean. Yeah. (laughs) They clean them out once a day. They don't smell like anything. And that's the best part. It's called a Moro John. Great. No smell and no gender come as you are. Yeah. Okay. So now Vulcani is out. And I think that Vulcani, because you have the highest fame out of the three of y'all. So I think that you're like vaguely recognized, especially on your turf in, in Little Italy. I think if people are posing for pictures with you, they're super happy to see you out there. It's a real like daredevil situation that you are just like the hero of Little Italy, mm-hmm. which is a very funny thing to say out loud. And I think that. Um, you're maybe you're walking around and you see that uh, there is a commotion happening like a block down. They're already there. <laughs> I think that you see as you go up and it's like a booth outside of a different Italian restaurant. It's like a bakery. And um, they're also doing like cannoli and uh, Italian bakery. But they're also doing some arancini as well. And you see that there is a guy standing there who's like seven feet tall and two feet wide, a little hunched over. And has a very wide stance, and he is eating arancini with one hand into his mouth and the other hand into his mouth. You look and you see he has, like, gray skin, and from the back you see that there are two horns that come up off of his forehead that's, like, over his, like, buzz sides, long hair back haircut. And he's yelling, and he's like, this is the worst arancini I've ever had. Like, why are you even doing this when you can't even fry anything? Stick to cannoli. I deserve free things for it. And he's, like, banging on it enough that, like, the whole booth shakes and just, like, still grabbing more arancini that are in front of him and stuffing more into his mouth. First of all, they got to fry the cannoli shells anyway so they know how to fry things. Second of all, <laughs> did you pay for those? He turns around and you see that he has this like very wide face 
a wide nose, and these horns are um, pretty pointy and uh, pretty large, um, and they're coming right, literally, like, up off of his head. And he's like, oh, oh, fuck, oh, so someone wants to have a good time and eat some some rice balls, and now it's fucking Vulcani making everyone's time worse, of course. You can have a good time so long as you pay for it and don't cause a disruption. Uh, I can cause a disruption. This is a feast, and I'm going to be uh, feasting. And he turns back around and starts eating more, reaching over the side and just pulling in more cannoli and arancini and stuffing it into his Oh, I think Val is just on this dude's back, trying to put him in a hammerlock. Like, you don't turn your back on me. Yeah, I think he turns around and, like, pushes you back and be like, all right, if that's what we're going to do, uh... What, do you want to ask my name first? I don't care about your name. It doesn't right, well, matter what your name is. Uh, well, I'll tell you anyway. Uh, it's Steven, but, you know, all of my girlfriends call me bullshit. And he charges at you. They should. <laughs> Go for it. Wow. Hey, hey, Julia, let's hey. have a goddamn superhero fight. Hell yeah. The way that we're going to do it is going to be the same thing that we did with uh, Milo and Cottonmouth. This match is going to be five rounds. We're going to choose either athletics, acrobatics, or you can cast a spell and add to your spell save. Uh, we're going to roll each other and see who wins. And if you crit or you win by five points or more, we'll see if there's a knockout there. So how do you want to attack it? Let's do round one, baby. I'll take my bonus action and go into a rage, if you don't mind. Of course, of course. Cool, cool, cool. And then we're going to we're gonna do some uh, athletic stuff. All right. Yeah, we're, I'm going to do athletics, too. This is going to be a straight-up fight. Great. Also, when I thought of the name bullshit, I giggled myself. It's, it's really good. Funny. <laughs> Thank you. So I get advantage on those. Mm-hmm. Ooh, 18 on the first roll. Oh, baby. Three on the second. Okay, so it's 18 plus my strength modifier, which is eight. So 26. 26 is good. I did crit. So. Fuck. So I do take that one, but I'm since you rolled a 26, I cannot beat the DC. So I think that you try to put him in a headlock and then bullshit just like leans down and gets you with the horns. And like that hurts and it immediately shoves you off and be like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I'm so glad that I have these things. It makes it's not just going to be a strike thing. It's kind of like a stabbing situation as well. I gorge you. Uh, let's go again. Round two. Okay. I rolled a seven and another 18. Wonderful. So that's 26. I rolled a natural one. Oh, again. hell yeah. yeah. Apparently, my dice does not like it when I go above two rounds of this. Feisty dice. <laughs> so I crit fail. So now I'm going to say that the DC is 15. I'm going to roll a con roll here. For my con roll, I'm using Minotaur stats because, of course, I am. Hell yeah. Um, and I need to roll a 12 or higher. Yeah, I rolled a nine. Okay. <laughs> mm, mm. So I get Gord. He charges into me, and I think Val kind of like ugh, like takes that hit, but then puts their arm around his neck and just kind of like falls backwards into a DDT. Nice. I love it. just slams his head into the concrete. Absolutely. So here's the thing, Val. Because the thing is about Val is that you are both as dexterous as you are athletic. So it's like you're a Lucha Libre wrestler. Like you twirl around them and pull them back into the DDT. And you have them like backwards now. And like imagine like a, a reverse headlock and you drop them down onto the booth. But as you do that and his head connects with the booth, like something sparks. 
and it's like, foom, and it, it even looks like pyrotechnic in a way. Something sparks and like flames go up around this guy and your arm and you as you lower him onto this booth and it just shatters but also like some things lightly go up in flames like there's there's flares going up around you and you look down and you see that like your hands are on fire. This is in front, your gloves aren't uh, aren't happening right now. Your, it's your hands and you look down and your feet are on fire as well. And if people are looking around you, they see that, like, your whole jacket is also up in flames. What do you say as this flaming hero takes down this literal piece of bullshit? <laughs> I think Val just kind of looks down at themselves and then, like, exhales because it, like, feels like that rage that's been boiling underneath their skin for however many weeks now is, like, finally getting let loose. And they go, just, you know, no microphone, just yelling, like, listen up! Little Italy has been going for too long down the wrong path. We got people over by the docks trying to gentrify us. We got the mob trying to lean its weight on these restaurants here who are mom-and-pop stores who have been here for generations. And that ain't right. So I make a promise to you and to everyone else here in Little Italy. I got your back. You need something, Volcani's got you. You don't need the mob. You don't need guys like this. You got me. I think that there's a moment of silence and you see that a door opens behind you and uh, you realize you're standing only a few doors down from in front of El Popo and the woman who runs the thing is holding her Tommy gun in front of her. And she says, yeah, we don't need any of these things. Vulcani's going to take care of us. And she throws the gun on the flaming rubble of the booth from before. And then there's just a cheer as people around a start of cheer. And a few other people like throw some more cartoony guns on top of the flames. And everyone at this festival just cheer and hold you up. And they're like, oh, fuck. Volcani can do other shit! Let's go! <laughs> and um, running up on the outskirts of the crowd, you see Hitomi is looking out and is like holding a, a fried dough. And is just like, nice. And is like, eats her fried dough. <laughs> I love Hitomi. Also, Val gets let down by the crowd and like pulls out their wallet and just hands a couple hundred dollars to the people <laughs> whose booth they ruined. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'll come clean it up tomorrow. He's like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, we have a festival, we have a festival insurance, so it's fine. It's I fine. know, I know. But like, you know, until that kicks in, you might as well be able to like put your stall back up tomorrow. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It can always whatever you want. Thank you. All right. And that immediately transitions to the pedals falling and we're doing the leveling up. And hey, Vulcani's taking a, a level of something else. Whoa. Hey, what? I took a level in Phoenix Sorcerer. What? Mm. That's a thing? <laughs> that is a thing. It is uh, Unearthed Arcana. I get some real cool stuff, including Ignite, which gives me the ability to start fires with a touch. Dope. And something that I'm really excited for called Mantle of Flame, 
which is at the first level, you can unleash the phoenix fire that blazes within you. As a bonus action, you magically wreathe yourself in a swirling fire as your eyes glow like hot coals. For one minute, you gain the following benefits. You shed bright light in a 30-foot radius and dim light in an additional 30 feet. And any creature takes fire damage equal to your charisma modifier if it hits you with a melee attack within five feet of you or touches you. And whenever you roll fire damage on your turn, the roll gains a bonus to equal to your charisma modifier. Damn. Woof. (laughs) So I'm going to be extra hard on Julia about her action economy, but these things do stack and it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, Also, you have some fun first level uh, sorcerer spells as well. Like I'm letting Julia have jump, but she can only cast it on herself. Sure. So, like, if she gets supercharged, like, with flame. So, uh, we got a eight uh, barbarian, one sorcerer. Yeah. My cantrips are light, firebolt, and true strike. And then my first level spells are burning hands, jump on self, magic missile, and shield. Yes. I like jump as self. I know it's just jump, but. (laughs) Jump on self. Jump, jump on self. Great choice. Wonderful. Yeah. uh, What's up with Milo and Aggie at level nine? Well, I can walk on water now. Is that the kind of thing that you wanted to know? <laughs> oh, you're, you're Jesus. <laughs> I have unarmored movement, which means I can move along both vertical surfaces and liquids on my turn without falling during my move. That is very cool. That's very cool. Amanda's Jesus now. <laughs> I didn't ask for the throne. Sometimes it just comes to you. Hilarious. And uh, I have more key points as well. So up to nine, they're equal to my level. Yeah. Nice. For Milo, he got the HP increase. I have got my proficiency bonus up. So now I have a plus four and my spell save DC is 17 and my spell attack is plus nine, which is very cool. Hell yeah. But most importantly, I got one fifth level spell slot and oh God, these spells are wild. <laughs> so scary. Oh boy. Give us a little sample. Wait. Give us yeah. a taste. Well, two of the ones that I got for my class specific ones are called Cloud Kill and Contagion. Cloud Kill is like poisonous fog that I can make around any corner or any area. But Contagion is cool. I just touch someone or a creature and then uh, you're poisoned and you can have things like blinding sickness or filth fever or flesh rot or mind fire or slimy doom. <laughs> It's oh. cool because these are all bands that used to play at the Sweet Tooth. Exactly. I'm so yeah. sad. I'm so sad. Yeah, I was actually into Mind Fire. <laughs> it's a cool. One. I played six string bass. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke for Brandon. It, it was good. I liked it. <laughs> and there are some other really cool ones, but I'll save most of them for in the game. But like, one of them is I don't know called Awaken. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, send them to me so that I can know what you want to do. Never. <laughs> no, you're surprised. I'm going to get surprised. All right. Well, so you notice that they only leveled up once because we're going from early spring to late spring. We're not doing as much of a time jump. So we're going to end up in May. But I did want to do one little thing. Hey, folks, let's do a little entanglement. This one's going to be for all three of you. We're oh going to run God. this like a skill challenge this time. But since this is, in fact, an entanglement, I need all three of you to roll one. 1d6 for our entanglements table. Four. <laughs> I also got a four. I got the oh no Chad face, which means it's a one. Oh, okay, oh. so you have two fours and a one. What order would you like that? Four, one, four. 
Okay. 414 <laughs> feels right. Oh, uh, 414. Great. Yeah. Sounds like an area code from which I would get spam calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. All right. You get a call from Dr. Morrow, obviously, on your, your Morrow tech phones. This is late April. It's starting to get a little sticky, but it's still like, we're in upstate New York. It's like in the 60s. It's so nice outside to go for a walk or a picnic, but you should probably bring your sweatshirt just in case. And Dr. Morrow says, LT3, trouble at the train station. <laughs> 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 All right, you guys roll up to the train station. You see that, like, the Acela train and the Bullet train and the Metro North are all kind of streaming past, and you're not really sure what's happening until that you see there's one train that looks like an old-timey train, like with the steam and with the big top hat and with uh, the little chugga-chugga-chugga-chuggas. And uh, you see that there is a commotioning happening over there because there are 10 terracotta soldiers uh. being led. Uh, I was going to get on you about the top hat on the train, but nope, we got to think about this now <laughs> with 10 terracotta soldiers as you hear my soldiers go we need what's inside as he turns around and you see now he has like a dragon helmet and like a, a really big what you would think to be a king's cape but it has like other dragons and other just like random Asian characters on it yeah. and it's silk as you see that the emperor holding a, a very large book with some glowing text is uh uh, directing the terracotta soldiers into the old-timey train. This guy's the worst. Just stop it with your whole thing. What? Oh, no! It's it's Lake Town City's greatest f fighters, the LT3! No matter. I'll take care of them. He flips through his book for a second, and he uh, you see him reach into it like there's a secret panel in it, and he pulls out like, like a device that just has a button on it. Then ten more soldiers appear, but they show up in pixels as they finally oh, are rendered in, on. and they're pixelated, <sighs> and then N64-bit, and then uh, they are once again like some glossy PlayStation 5, also terracotta soldiers. So we're going to run this like a skill challenge where um, I need all of you to just do something. And we're depending on what the role is, I'm going to keep track of how many successes or failures you do. And then you're eventually going to get some sort of score at the end, which will dictate how well or not well you did against the resplendent emperor as he is now. We're going to do three rounds. Everyone's going to go once every single round. I uh, would like to run up the wall. Hell yeah. Across the wall and then down to be in front of wherever the soldiers are marching to. Yeah, they're trying to storm uh, the train. So like there's only a few small doors to get in front of it. So you're just like trying to get in front of them. Yeah. And I want to use my baton to like smack the head off of the first one and just like smack the heads like a baseball player until they stop. All right. Do an attack roll. I'm going to say that their AC is a little juicy. So because they've gotten better since you last fought them, I'm looking for a, a 16. 14 plus 7 for a 21. Boom. Yeah, you smack the head off of one. That's one success, baby. All right. It's like, no, I hate it when heroes get in the way. This is just like what happened when I wanted tenure. Oh, of <laughs> Stop appropriating cultures, my man. But I am I know so much about China and also generally Asia. Mm. One success. I'll go into a rage and punch some terracotta soldiers. That sounds fun. Oh, uh, yeah, do a punch. Not great. It's 11... Plus eight, 19. Nice. Let's get another success. How do you mess them up? Oh, just I think that Val, you know, goes into a rage, full vibrating, just kind of like pings into them like a ping pong ball against bumpers, just going like boom, 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 boom. I love that. That's incredible. 
Well, I'm going to cast a new spell I have that's uh -oh. a level 5 spell that's called uh -oh. Gesh. I just get to issue a command on the creature that I choose, and they have to do it for 30 days. Oh, my. <laughs> you do have to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay, what's my wisdom saving throw? You got to hit a 17. Okay, wonderful. Here's the thing about being a professor is that uh, you're quite wise, even if you don't have any charisma. <laughs> I'm going to roll a plus seven. I rolled a 16 oh. plus seven. Oh. Yeah, that'll okay. do it. So 23. With your new hand, you try to shoot out like some ghost energy around the, I assume the emperor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, around the emperor's head. And he's like, I planned for this. Uh, the dragon helmet closes, <laughs> so you can't get in. He's like, I knew you were going to do that. You're going for my brain. My brain is my best part. <laughs> All right, so that is one failure. Do you know what's absolutely wild? If you cast that spell at level 7th or 8th level, it lasts a year. Jesus. A full I hate year. I hate that. All right, wonderful. So uh, who wants to roll a d6 for me? Um, how about a four? We're really rolling fours on the d6 today. Four. Why don't you roll one more time? Okay. Three. Three. Okay, as the terracotta soldiers and the fake terracotta soldiers are pushing up against uh, Preserver to try to get in the train, the emperor pulls back and says, you fools, I knew you would come for the train immediately. That's why I thought ahead. And there's a bomb somewhere else in the city. You have to do something else. I know, I've looked into the studies. You can't multitask. It's not possible. <laughs> Can I roll an insight check on that? Yeah, all of you, all of you roll an insight check. Great. 18. We rolled a lot of 18s today. I got 18 plus 4. 22. I got 17 plus 9 for 26. Wonderful. I also rolled to contest and I rolled um, a nat 1 and Chad is looking at me saying, oh no. Good. It just it makes crit fail so much more pleasant. <laughs> it definitely does. I've rolled two nat 1s during this one session. You did roll a nat 22 though, so they're That's just true. feisty dice. Absolutely. I love a, a, a feisty desk. So as this in-between complication, you realize that he's lying and there isn't actually a bomb. And because he's like sweating and he's like looking around, like trying to get confirmation from the other terracotta soldier and be like, hey, uh, yeah, you tell him there's, there's a bomb, right? Uh, like a bus is going by with the word like, this is a bomb movie on it. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> Yeah, a train goes by with a billboard on it and be like, this summer, the bomb is coming to Liptown City. And all three of us just look at each other. And all right, I will give you another success. Bang, bang. Let's see what happens. So the terracotta soldiers are now, are now encircling you and are moving away from the train itself to fight you instead of figuring out what's inside of the train. What do y'all do? I assume, Eric, that they're all sort of in one area, right? Yeah, they're all around you in like a circle. Okay, I'm gonna cast Confusion on the group of them. I am nice. in the middle of that circle. <laughs> I'll cast it just so that all of us are outside of the 10 foot radius sphere. <laughs> Great. So yeah, you can definitely confuse a few of them. So since they're constructs and this is kind of like a charming thing, uh, I'm gonna say that they're gonna roll for the uh, save with advantage. Um, what do I need to beat? You need to beat a 17. Okay, they are not that wise. I'm gonna give them plus one. No, that's a four. Yes. Mm -hmm. 17, you say? Yeah. I got it, my man. Oh, yeah. I'm so on. sorry. All right, that is another failure as you try to confuse a bunch of terracotta soldiers and then they look at each other and they look at you as if to say, 
Well, we don't have human brains when you think about it, so. <laughs> Got you there. Uh, so there's another failure. You are three successes, two failures. They're trying to get on the train. A few are encircling you to like rough you up, and then they're eventually going to try to get on the train because there's something on the train. Aggie, have you figured out what's on the train yet? No, I can go do that if you want. That'd be cool to know like what they want to get on there for. Maybe we can take it away so they can't have it. Like a game of game of keep away, but with terracotta soldiers. <laughs> I'm on it. Aggie like uses the emergency brake to put the door in manual mode and like closes the door that she's at against the soldiers nice. after punching another one in the face. Nice. And then turns around and kind of looks up and down the corridor of the train. I would argue that my superpower, it's like floor plans of the train. I think I would know the general layout. I think that you look in there and there's like a 21-year-old boy inside um, who has long hair that's covering up his eyes. And he has like a very large buster sword on his back. And he also is holding a case. Um, he's like, what is happening, man? What is going on outside? <laughs> uh, do you have something like valuable or dangerous there? I mean, I guess. I I'm mean, not I... like a cop, man. There's just like people trying to get you. Oh, you no, know, I understand. I mean, I'm a cosplayer and I guess he wants this. <laughs> and he holds up the case and inside is a sword. Uh, it's a katana. <laughs> of course. <it> With <laughs> like dragons uh, all on the hilt. Could I give you like $500 and we use this as a decoy? No, no, it's super powerful. This isn't a decoy. You said you were cosplaying. I am. I'm a cosplayer, but I found it. Make Uh-oh. a charisma saving throw. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Indeed. I got a nat one. Oh, no. Oh, no. I think it took all of Aggie's brain to remember what cosplaying was. <laughs> I'm gonna, because it's a nat one, I'm going to give you a failure. And also, you have a. am going to make a hard move against you okay. to use some a different parlance. There's something in the back of your head that says, that's a fucking tight sword. <laughs> I have to use the sword and use it to be cool in front of other people. This is going to be so sick. And Aggie, you grab the sword and you have to use the sword. You don't have proficiency in swords and you have to use your strength. Can I try <laughs> to end this effect on myself or is this just uh, no, this for, for fun? For the rest of the one, this okay, is just this right. is, you have to use the sword and, right. and you only get plus one to use the sword. All right. All right. Yeah. So you are enthralled by this dragon sword. Aren't we all? <laughs> I think Val is gonna kind of rub the gauntlets together and slam them against the ground and do that thing where it's create bonfire and do that in front of the door so that the terracotta soldiers can't get through. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna make a dexterity saving throw. Here's the thing, not very dexterous because they're uh, they're terracotta soldiers and they don't have knees, which is a problem <laughs> for being mm. dexterous. <laughs> so I have zero. So what's the dexterity saving throw I have to do? 15. Great. All right. Difficult. I rolled a 17. Ugh. A bunch of them straight-legged, like, trying to hop over the fire that you create. Um, and that is another failure. Wow, we are not doing too hot. You have three successes, four failures. Hey, does uh, someone else want to roll a d6 for another complication? All right. Six. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Don't like that reaction. Uh-huh. All right. With a six, all of you make charisma saving throws. Nat 20, bitch. Nice. Can I use a luck point or not now? If you want to. All right. I'll do another one. <laughs> I rolled a four, a two, and a two. Last luck point. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Can't get worse. All right. 18. Thank God. A plus there one. Go. So net 20, 19. Uh, eight, nine minus one. Okay. Oh. Eric, have I need to be rolling my spiritual surge, by the way, or are these just like... This, oh, no, this one doesn't count because it's uh, it's kind of like... This is like a boss rush, or you, this is arcade mode. It's not campaign mode. Um, no, very good question. Thank you, Brandon. You remember things and I appreciate it. Val. 
you see the, the flames go up in front of the door. And you see that a bunch of the a bunch of the terracotta soldiers are like Minecraft, trying to Minecraft hop over the soldier. Oh, over. <laughs> and then everything stops for a second. Like the flames, the trains going by, the air is still. And you see that 20 feet away from you, there is an older man in his 60s. He's a black man. He's graying hair in thick braids that are held together by a... um a rubber band. He's wearing like just uh, some slouchy clothes and uh, like socks and sandals. And he says, <laughs> young blood, you're not doing so good, are you? Uh, I've done better, sir. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Oh, I shouldn't have stayed this long. See? <laughs> okay. My bad. Bye-bye. And then everything starts again. N- nice to meet. Oh, okay. And it starts again and the flames go up. And uh, you see the terracotta soldiers are jumping, and the emperor is flipping through his his book once again, trying to uh, figure that stuff out. Uh, I want to take the book away from the emperor. <laughs> All right, we are in the final round here. Let's make us. You just want to straight up do it? Yeah, I want to take it from him, just like my first entanglement. Uh, make a Constitution saving throw to take the book away. Con save. Con save. Okay. You go up to try to take the book from him, and he's like, "Ha! Ah, I prepared from last time." Uh, it's a 16 plus 6. Oh, yeah. All right. And let's make a strength contest. You against the emperor. Okay. He has minus one. Great. <laughs> uh, has a dirty 20 taste. Yeah, you you beat what I rolled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just take the, you take the book away from him. He's like, no, I need that for things. Yes, I know. That is why I took it. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, yeah, you get another success. Uh, Aggie, I think this would be a perfect time for you to jump in and you have to use the katana. I do, yeah. I'm going to go out the escape at the top, like, roof hatch of the train and run along the train to wherever the emperor is (laughs) and then jump down with the sword. I do some just, like, spinny motions that, like, they don't look deft. I'm just, like, spinning it to try to catch his attention and distract him. Um, But then I want to jump down and stab the book. Milo, Aggie's got a sword now. Watch out. Whoa, ah! (laughs) Someone in the background is like, isn't a katana Japanese? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, there's no consistency to what he does. Okay, I was just checking. Um, yeah, so make an attack roll. You only get plus one. 17 plus one. Oh, there Ooh. you go. I'll give you the success. Yeah, you snap the sword dramatically into the book. Incredible. Yeah, I, I'm just like thrusting it like up through the book so that I, I like spear it on the sword. Yeah. And then I'm going to like yank the sword back to try to take it like out of his arm's reach as well. Nice. No, I wanted that sword. <laughs> we got to take Aggie to like a Ren Fair or something. <laughs> I know it's not best practice to like fight with the artifacts, but I just, I couldn't help myself. And then the 21 year old from the train was like, Oh, I was going to resell that on Etsy. Oh, it's not. Oh. <laughs> Milo, you get the final word. All right. Milo is upset. You could say <laughs> all of his attacks have been thwarted. So for his final move, he's just going to his ghost arm is going to get massive and he's going to shove it into the ground and then cast Erupting Earth to pull up all of the ground underneath all of these terracotta warriors. This is a nice train station, Milo, no! (laughs) Just the asphalt, Milo, just the topsoil. (laughs) Anyone within the area must make a dex saving throw, and I'm going to cast it at fourth level, by the way, so on a fail, they take 4d12 damage. Alright, so they only have plus one because they don't have knees. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I rolled a 12. 
Yeah, <laughs> once again, Milo saves the day by erupting the earth <laughs> below and the terrible ghost hands once again, just like they did in the warehouse. They come reaching out, but now it's like strange. It's like someone turned, you know how Six Flags then turns into a spooktacular in October? It's like someone spookified this train station. <laughs> 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 yeah, man. And I think that you grab uh, all of the regular terracotta soldiers. I think you pull them in because they are not dexterous. Um, but the fake ones, the one, the digital ones, are, are able to move backwards. At the end of the skill challenge, you have six successes and four failures. I think at that point, without his book or without the, the regular terracotta soldiers, the emperor says, My subjects, scatter! <laughs> and he runs away. <laughs> Terrible. And gets lost in the he like jumps in front of a of the of a train that goes like Whoom! and then he disappears as the train disappears. <laughs> but the, the ghost hands are still holding the terracotta soldiers. But they go like not limp because they're made out of terracotta. But like they, they don't move anymore. And then the digital ones kind of scatter into the air in a flurry of pixels. Aggie, you still really want to use this cool and sick sword? Can I, like, take it home and then realize it's evidence and then bring it in to Dr. Morrow the next day? Yeah, like, later yeah. you have to be, you make a charisma saving throw after, like, six hours and cool. you're like, why do I have a sword? <laughs> um, and yeah, the book is now speared. You can look it over. It's more like a general grimoire of sorts that he thought looked cool because he didn't recognize the language, but it was actually Gaelic. Ugh. So it was didn't even make any sense for him. He's not very good at his profession. But yeah, once again, you guys figured out what happened. But because of the six to four success to failure ratio, the resplendent emperor version two escaped. Ugh. Oh my God, this guy will never die. I hate this man so much. He is the worst Milo realizes in the back of his head that he could uh, put together a pretty tight haunted house at Halloween this year. <laughs> this is the first time he realized that. He's like, I have ghost powers. What? <laughs> um, the cosplayer comes up to the three of you and says, so uh, that was going to be $500 on Etsy. Which of you are going to give it to me? No. The LT3 away! 